stops for exclusive interviews. We're joined by uh, UCO head coach Nick Burbank. Coach, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. You know, the, the, the number one thing is you, we, we, we have core values that we, we believe in very much here, here at UCO. Number one is trust. We are joined by University of Central Oklahoma Safety, uh, O'Shea Harris, who was recently named second team All-American this week. O'Shea, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It shows that all the hard work I've been putting in over the last couple years finally paid off. I went from my registered freshman year feeling like I should play, but I wasn't quite ready to just work and do whatever I could in the summertime in the weight room, taking everything serious, and then it all finally paying off. I just... aka JT Smooth and if you were not there Thursday night we're not watching online Thursday night I feel bad for you because not only did you miss the first UCL home game since 2019 not only did you miss miss the much anticipated debut for several new faces not only did you miss the wire to wire win not only did you miss the first season opening win in four years, most importantly, you missed out on what was a great atmosphere there. It was so good to be back in the press box. I I, I, I have to say uh, there were tears because, again, it just, it, it just when they ran on the field, I, it, it just felt like so long. It felt so long to get back there. And then... The show we were treated to, uh, if you were there, if you watched, uh, even if you saw the saw the highlights, I, I I think you have to be you have to be pretty hyped right now. Now I know it is one game, so we have to keep things in perspective. But there was a lot of positive in the one game that leads me to believe that. The, the talent that coaches talked about the past couple of seasons, the the talent I've talked about the past couple of couple of seasons here, uh, the 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 new coaches, the new ideas, new schemes. I'm really excited about the future of the program, because I'm telling you, Missouri Western is a solid program. All right, Missouri Western, there's no slouches here. Okay, they're not they're not they're not the bottom of the barrel. We're talking about these guys, steady at a seven, eight wins a year program. This is this is no slouch. And to do what we did to them in that first half, with all the new faces, all the new players, all the new starters, all the new coaches, with one spring scrimmage in which everybody played, to me was extremely impressive. And so I, I want to first start by giving head coach the and the staff there a ton of credit 
I secondly want to say, and I want to apologize because I, 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 I feel like I did a poor job here of enlightening listeners about the, the sheer gamer that is once the fun blind. Now, if you recall 2020 signing day, okay, I, I, when I saw they signed him, right, I said the highlight package he had posted on his Twitter page was pretty good. You know, right? I said it was pretty good. You know, I said he could has the whole package. You know, he ripped the throw on the run. You know, the good arm. Uh, you know, great runner. Uh, will have lowered your shoulder. You know, I, I I said at that point in time. You know, playing style wise, just from that brief clip, and it was various. You know, it was some of some high school days, some of his days at Independence. Play style wise. I was getting some Cam Newton, Newton vibes. So that's what I was expecting. Because, again, I know I missed the scrimmage in which he led the four-quarter comeback. So going into a Thursday, that was that was the bar that I had. I can safely tell you with 100% certainty that that bar was shattered. Okay, because that, let me tell you, I, 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 I underestimated what he brings to the table. And, and, and for that, I want to apologize because oh, 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 what he displayed I, I, it is different. Okay, it is different. It, it, and I, it, this, is, this is more of a testament to him than anything else because you've seen the quarterbacks in the past. You've seen Will Collins. You, you've seen Chast out an all-time great. Uh, you saw what Chandler did in in the in the run game, just absolute monster. Okay, Stephon from a pure talent standpoint. Okay, I'm talking about as far as size, the 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 arm that just is we. If you combined, just 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 for rough comparison, you take Chandler's. Body add a couple of more pounds and about an inch to it. Okay, his running ability, right? His 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 running style, lowering the shoulder, uh, fighting for tough yards, uh, grinding it out. Okay, you take that, add some more speed to it. Give me Will Collins. I guess you want to call it the skippability in the in the pocket, the way he run around. Uh, you know, keep players alive. Okay, you want to combine that and then add the Chaz Styler. You feel like you're never out of a game. Uh, OU Baker Mayfield type feeling to it. That's roughly what you got out of Stephon Brown. And, and I, I I think if you were there, you wasn't online. Uh, it, it it the best way to describe the performance was different. There, there's plays that simply do not get made if Stephon was not out there. I'm talking about both through the air and on the ground. Now, obviously, and Coach will tell, and Coach will tell about it, and even Stephon, we were able to talk to Stephon and Coach uh, after the games. So I do appreciate them taking, taking the time. You talked to me there. 
Uh, they will both tell you that yeah, that it was it was good, but there's there, there's room for improvement, and which there was. Uh, which, which we will get get which we will get get into here shortly, especially uh, one one particular play in which I had to ask the far about it myself because I I, I just I it, it uh, I just had to hear it from the horse's mouth, and so you you. Team that with probably the best defensive line player I think I've personally seen on the UCO since that Wasburn game of 2019, where uh, former UCO defensive end uh, Stephon Starks put on a clinic. Uh, it was Stephon and uh, a quarter Brown Jr. and Mike Rios put on a dang clinic right there, but. The defensive line, uh, if you listen to the season preview, all right, Kubovic was high on the defensive line. He 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 was extremely high on the defensive line. And I have to say the early returns, especially in the run defense in the middle. Okay, I did the, the the middle, Missouri Western was getting zilch. Okay, now they, they, they get a few runs on the outside because the defensive ends kinda kinda got got washed out the out of the other place some, but as far as interior runs, that it was non-existent. And then in terms of the pass runs, that one of the pass runs, again, was a sore spot, right? Last time out, 12 and a half sacks, all of which came in about the last half, half of the season. Half of that from Drew Brown, who was not pursuing a pro career. So that was the key area, right? I think we, we I hope not a lot, that was the key area. There was a sack in the game, so we don't have to worry about waiting weeks and weeks to get the sack. There was, it was it was on a blitz from uh, Trayvon Craig, who is now a starter, so I'm glad to see him go from ace uh, special teams player to now a starter. But there was a consistent pass rush. It might, might not have been a sack, but two junior college transfers, Robert uh, Fuentes and Deion Woods, had a heck of some games, man. Especially Dion Woods in the first half, 6'6 guy here. The length, I mean, affected passes pretty much the whole game, but really in that first half, I mean, you had some tip balls. It, it, it made life tough for the quarterback. Then, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, Robert Fuentes, especially on the final two uh, on two drives, destroying the poor tackle, trying to uh, uh, defend him there. Uh, both in sheer terms of just uh over 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 overpowering the man, and and also beating him, uh straight up off the snap was really was really impressive, especially on the final drive there. That probably about the best pass rush I have seen out of them against a meaningful opponent. I mean, since two thousand and eighteen. Probably the bowl game against uh, Angelo State, I would say. That was the last time I, I was really impressed with the usual pass rush, and that occurred. Okay, so that's a positive takeaway. Offensively, aside from Stephon, Stephen Core, okay, Marquise King, good as advertised. It, it, is, it is good as advertised. If you were there, you saw it in, in both the receiving and the return game. Okay, he had a big return, was unfortunately brought back because of a penalty. But again, 
saw that Diego Richards, healthy, another blazer out of Carl Albert, had a nice catch, and unfortunately he got, got called for uh on like penalty for throwing, throwing, throwing the ball in the air in the air afterwards. But he was good. Uh Sherrod Davis, the leader freshman out of Dell City, uh nice. And then as coach said also in the in the season preview uh, about getting uh absolute beast of an H back Dante McGee uh more touches and that 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 was indeed the case. As a matter of fact, the first play of the of the game was a throw to Dante McGee, I believe gained about roughly eight yards. No, no, I think to the back, gained 16 yards on that bad boy. Uh, so it, it was good to see Dante get some more touches there, and I feel like that will be important going forward because, again, Dante McGee, absolute beast. In my opinion, probably the best H-back tight end in the whole conference. Now that Zach Davidson from Central Missouri is on the Minnesota Vikings practice squad. Uh, then we look at the at at the at the ground game. If you listen to the uh, Choso one on one special with uh, Coach O, you would you would know how excited he is about that backfield, about how deep that that backfield was. Uh, there were three backs used a lot. It was Peyton Scott that got the start, then Jace Gardner, the freshman out of Moore, and then Tucker Pauley from Bigsby. Uh, uh, all three guys flash. Uh, Jays had a couple of big plays on the opening drive. Uh, again, uh, me watching him three years, three previous years and more, I knew what he brought to the table. So I, I knew what to expect. And, and again, I had nothing less happened there. Low running and running hard, uh, all that good stuff. Okay, the offensive line, I noticed that there was some new starters in there. Uh, Hector Becerra, the freshman, wrestler freshman out of Lawton. I want to say Lawton. I hope I'm right on this. I think Connor Half, and then you got some so some returning starters such as Alex Eichler at center, and then uh, Lane Grantham, the the guy out of Westmore that came on strong there as a true freshman. Uh, so you had a good mix there. I thought you know overall the line was good. Right, they 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 spring a couple of big time runs. Uh, they also gave up, I think, a couple of a couple of sacks. So, just overall, you know, Im- improvement improvement there. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, we already talk, we always talk about the the uh, line the linebackers. I would say they played a lot of guys, but uh, because the deep there, Elijah Wright, the first out of Vian. Jonathan Mosley, I think coach said as, as, as a hybrid linebacker safety guy. Uh, Jason Harris. Uh, there, there's, there were a lot of guys that played. But uh, it was solid. It was solid to me. Um, tackling overall needs to needs to improve. Uh, there were quite a few missed tackles, some in the backfield. Uh, and then in the secondary, really is where the concern was. I, I know it pretty much like a whole new unit back there. Uh, the only full-time starter from day one, 2019, was Daniel Bauman. Uh, obviously, you had Dylan Buckheit that started the last half of 2019 that led the team in tackles uh, in, in the alley, as Coach will touch on here. Uh, really took on a great a great leadership role. You could you could see him getting guys into place. But uh, I, I think that, that will need that need to improve on moving forward. But 
Uh, you just gotta be encouraged. You, you, you just gotta be encouraged by by, by what you saw to uh, uh you know, to to me the 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 rookie mistakes, the the uh, the, the maybe some chemistry issues. It, yeah, there was some, but it was not overwhelming. And and to me, that's a very, very positive, positive sign. So getting to the recap here, uh, UCO um, deferred. They, they, they won the coin toss deferred. Uh, so they were on D to start the game first. It forced a very quick three and out. Uh, then on the opening offensive drive, I said the, the first play for Stephon Brown in his UCL career, uh, wearing the new white helmets, the, the, the white helmets. So uh, which is which is good because if you've been around the facility, you have seen the white helmets on the display for the past couple of seasons, and you've been wondering, oh, we're going to actually get the white helmets. The white helmets, they were clean. And I'm hoping for some all whites this year because I, I t- that is a clean uniform set, okay. And, and so hopefully we do get some all whites. But uh, as on the opening drive, uh, the first pass was uh, Dante McGee again, which is very good. I like to see him get get uh, uh, get involved later on in the in the drive. There was a fourth down conversion to Jace Gardner. It was nice. He leaked, he leaked out of the backfield. And uh, again, just knowing knowing Jace on a more complete package, run you over. Uh, I mean, just just, uh, uh, just a beast. I'm just knowing the way to say it. The man is just a beast. Uh, continued on the drive, which then ended in Peyton Scott's first career touchdown on a 12-yard run. To uh, cap off a 10-play, 65-yard drive. Took up 4 minutes, 47 seconds. Uh, then, shortly after that, uh, uh, on the kickoff, uh, Missouri Western return man bobbled the kick. Uh, again, the special teams coverage got him down at his own six. Then on the second play, there was a forced fumble. I, we do not know who forced the fumble. It, it was a, uh, you know, it's, a, it's hard to tell sometimes. We do know it was recovered at the third at Missouri Western 13 by Rayshon Wicks, who I heard was put on scholarship. Now, if you listen to the very end of the season preview, I mentioned how Coach was extremely high on Rayshon Wicks and a keep out, keep an eye out for Rayshon Wicks. Rayshon Wicks had a had a heck of a day, had a heck of a, of a debut game, so I want to uh, first congratulate him on earning the scholarship, and and then uh, he has another big player later on that we would that we would get to. But I'm very happy for uh, Rayshon there again getting the getting the scholarship always a positive sign. Uh, that drive would end in a 36 yard Alex Quiddle field goal. Uh, making it a 10 to nothing game, and, and that was the final score of the first quarter. Now, it must be noted that there was some under center. Now, very rarely under offensive coordinator Christian Hood, they used to go under center. Now, if it went under center in the past, it was probably a goal line, uh, short yardage, and until Chandler 
became more prominent as the short yardage guy. And then it was a lot of the uh, just the quarterback power, the quarterback runs uh, out of the shotgun. So uh, it, it, it was it was kind of weird at first just to see some uh, under, under under center snaps, but there was some good play action off of it. Uh, I, I think that there, there's some great potential there to uh, really use that formation as as a change of pace. Uh, the final note I have on the first quarter is that the first punt did not come until the tail end of the first quarter. So it was a very quiet quarter and overall very quiet half for Francisco Moreno making his fifth first career start uh, for UCLA at punter. Now, one big note is at the end of the first quarter, Okay, now this is this again is a testament to the improved defense on the coordinator Dustin Landry. Missouri Western had one first down. One first down the whole quarter. So uh again, it, it, it just the improvement, the improvement there uh it was just fail of uh great. You know, you, you, you cannot ask for much more than that. Uh, one of three on third downs in in the quarter. Just, again, great defense. Uh, a lot of it was simply just from the defensive front, which you know, which which, which, which again is very refreshing. So, uh, you know it, that 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 is a positive. Now moving on to the second quarter. Uh, what we get here? Second quarter. If I'm looking at my notes. Okay, the second quarter, Missouri Western would indeed find the end zone. Okay, excuse me on that, actually. What I have to say is on that drive, Missouri Western would go, uh, uh, would get a 41-yard yard touchdown run. Uh, on a fourth and two, it, it was just a great play. They had pretty good, pretty good blocking out there. Made it a 10-7 game at 12.09. Now, again, this is probably the first of two plays in the in in the in the quarter in which you saw Stephon Brown was different. Yeah, okay? now before that, uh, you know, he had some runs. You know, he had some some good throws. Well, you know, went, went, went deep throws, a lot of us uh swing passes, quick, quick timing routes, you know, he just Two plays in this quarter. Now again, it's only two plays, but the two play, the two plays in this quarter. Uh it it it's uh boy, it uh it 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 it, it was something. It was something because on a following drive, following the score on a fourth and two, yeah, UCO called a quarterback draw as the phone brown. Uh, took a 45 yard free touchdown. Now I think what was what was what was most impressive on the run was the vision because he started started going uh east and west, found the hole, hit the hole, cut up the field, and they get a great blocking by the offensive line and uh Jordan was on the fourth. And Jordan was on the fourth is if you're a receiver Want to know how to how to block? Watch that tape because there were several plays in that game where Johnny Buzzell either on scramble or the handoffs 
had his man tattooed him was going nowhere. And it was a clinic and how to block as a receiver. And I want to give Bazilda Ford a, a huge shout out there. Uh, because again, something I feel like is also lost on people. You've got a block on the edge. The receivers have a critical job there to block their man. And Bazilda Ford did that time and time again. I think there was a couple where he kind of let the man go early. But other than that, was a great example of how you block as a receiver setting the edge. So I want to give him a shout out there. Uh, but, but again, Tfon, it, it just a, a huge touchdown run there to regain, make it a 10-point lead again. Then on the following drive, after a t- after one of the main deflections from uh, 6-6 Dion, Dion Wood on third down, uh, Missouri Western would miss the field goal. Was kept it a ten point game, seventeen to seven. Uh, then we get here. Then excuse me. Okay. Then the biggest play of note in the first half. Last big, last biggest play of the first half. Really, last biggest offensive play of the day. Really for UCO was a thirty yard strike from Stefan. To Marquise King, uh, which uh, was, I'm going to go ahead and let Stefan here tell you himself uh, about how this play went down and developed. They was giving us a different look than we was anticipating on the zone, and uh, I just I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode, try to make something try to make something happen. And I see Marquise, we made eye contact. He went, I threw. <laughs> that now, he made it sound like, you know, it, it, it was easy as running, making eye contact. Listen, I'm, I, I don't, I'm a novice. I, I'm not a quarterback. I, I, I don't know what, what that's like. All I know is watching that develop, okay, <laughs> I can describe to you, he started, he rolled to the right, Okay, went around in a circle. It almost was like if, if you recall the Johnny Man, Johnny Manziel player against Alabama, where he ran around the pocket so much they actually lost control of the football, caught it himself, and then threw the touchdown and back at the end on the Ryan Swope. Okay, or something similar, not to that degree of difficulty, because after he he ran around in the circle, is when Marquise was breaking open. And he threw a dot. I mean, he talk about he's still on the run somewhat. Now he did was able to set his feet strong, but not, you know, quickly, quickly set his feet, put enough touch and air on the ball, foot it over the defensive back, right into Marquise King's hands, and uh, it was a thing of beauty. And and, and I, I would have to say that the media area, the press box was silent for a for a minute after that because. Uh, you just don't see that every day. You just you do not see that every day. And, and, and again, I'm telling you, that's why I said in the opener here, you got the feeling watching Stephon, it was different. It was different. The offense was different. It, it just is different and in a very good way. Uh, but that would be the biggest the biggest play of the half here. That would give you show a 24-7 half. Now, and what could best be described as a reverse of 2019's opener where UCO 
was uh, down big at the half, came back almost one loss on last second field goal. This is the reverse. This year was up big at the half. The uh, coach will, will, will talk about will talk about talk about about this some, uh, but the offense was sluggish in the, in the second half. Was not able to find the end zone. Had some plays, uh, but, but just overall, just it wasn't there. It it, it wasn't there offensively in the second half. It's something that we had to fix. Uh, moving on to Emporia this week, we'll get into them here shortly. Um, Basically, the the second half, the the two touchdowns in the second half was all was 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 all on Poya. Uh, UCLA did a good job though. They got a fourth down stop early in the in the third. Uh, Missouri Western would, however, get a touchdown on a one yard run with two or five to go left in the in the third. Then on the following drive. Uh, a deep pass on Daniel Bauman set up a touchdown, which would be the last touchdown of the day early in the fourth, a three-yard run, making it a four-point game because they missed the extra point. So now, if you're looking at this point, it should be a tie game because they missed the field goal early in the first quarter. Now they missed the extra point. Okay, now this is this is this is huge. This is huge because in the game, by all accounts, if they had hit that, should have gone to overtime. But it it it, it did not. A number zero Western's kicker has to be sick uh, at this point in time. Uh, then on the following drive, Trayvon Craig, like I said, we get the first set of the season on a blitz. Um, then not much would happen until the last two minutes of the ball game. So again, the defense here. It just again for pretty much playing the whole half for the for the most most part. Again, very impressive. Uh, a, a, a lot of Missouri Western scores. We're talking about a fourteen play drive uh, on the first touchdown at the end of the third, and then and then and then there was a four play drive in the fourth. But again, it was a it was it was a double move on Daniel Bauman. He bit on the move and it set up the uh, 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 touchdown. But Aside of that, really, aside of that, in the first touchdowns was the full one yarder. Not a lot of big, big plays there, which is which is good because that was that was a problem last year, uh, not last year, but uh, two thousand and nineteen, especially the wheel route. And so it's good to see now that we're making the teams, you know, earn, earn, you know, earn it on the on the long drives, and and having to have sustained drives in order to to get some points. Uh, but then you still hear. Had a had a had a had a nice drive going, running out the the clock here. Peyton Scott was stopped on a third and short. It was third and one. He lost two yards, so it was then prompted coach to send out Alex Riddle, who would miss the field goal. I think it was wide right, with one fifty seven to go in the game. Now of note, UCO was able to run Missouri Western out of timeout, so now that also huge. Then on the Missouri Western Drive, the first play, it should have been a safety. I was going to lie to you. No, the first play was a holding call. Then the second play should have been a safety. They said that uh, the quarterback was outside the tackle box. I'm not sure about that. To me, it seemed like it was a safety. Uh, regardless, second down, 
It was incomplete pass. Third down was incomplete pass. Then on fourth and 20, game on the line. The pressure, I believe it was from well now it was it was from it was from both sides, both Dion Woods and Robert Fuentes. But Robert Fuentes, uh I'm just telling you that the offensive tackle uh not the best film. I'ma just be <laughs> I'm gonna just be honest, it it, it, it was not the best or best for him. I don't know what sprung into Robert or Andy on itself, but on that last drive, they came alive, provided some of the best pressure uh, off the edge uh, that was seen the whole night, and it, it, it rushed the quarterback's throw right into the waiting hands of Rayshon Wicks, the former now former walk-on who got the fumble recovery early on. And uh, got the game winning pick there, uh, fell down, and then UC was able to take out some knees. Now, fortunately, on kind of a somber note, after the after the pick, uh, Daniel Bauman was laid out, and I saw on the replay, uh, got just got destroyed by Missouri Western Western receiver was motionless on the ground. They had to structure him off. So I'm hoping Daniel Daniel's okay. Daniel, you're listening. Uh, you are in uh, the uh, uh, show's thoughts and prayers. We're wishing you a speedy recovery. But uh, then Stefan offense will come out, take a, 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 take a couple of knees, and you show would finish off a 24-20 wire-to-wire win. Uh, season opening win for the first time in four years. Uh, now looking at the overall stats here as far as team stats go, uh, for UCO, 18 first downs, 194 yards rushing on 42 attempts, uh, 4.66 yards of carry, two touchdowns. Uh, then through the air, 189 yards passing on 17 of 27, uh, one touchdown. Total offense, 383 on 69 plays at 5.6 yards of play. Uh, you see, they had two fumbles that they 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 didn't they did not lose five penalties, six five yards. Uh, Francisco punted the ball seven times, at an average thirty three point nine yards a punt. That it must be noted that there was a wind gust, so sometimes he was he was punting in uh punting into the into the wind caused some some bad bounces there. It's kind of hurt the man's average. Uh, Let's see here. Then, in terms of where we at here, then in terms of interceptions, you see a one time of possession. You see a win the battle by about by about five minutes, which is also key. Third down, you see was five of sixteen, one of one on fourth downs, two of four in the red zone. That has to improve moving forward. You want that at least four of four. Uh, you still had the one sack. And had three points of turnovers. Then for Missouri Western, 13 first downs, 141 yards rushing on 32 carries, uh, 4.4 yards carry, 197 yards passing with one interception, no touchdowns, 338 yards of total offense on 65 plays, 5.3 yards to play, uh, three, three fumbles, one loss, five penalties, or 50 yards. They had six punts of 42.7 yards average. One inside the 20. 
Then let's see here in terms of third downs. There were four of 15, which is excellent. Two of four on fourth, which is also very excellent. Two of three in the red zone. And uh, two of three on PATs, 0 one on field goals. So, again, a very good defensive outing. Uh, I think we would have to be impressed. Again, Missouri Western is no scrub team. Uh, looking at the stats here, uh, leading rusher, Stephon Brown, 14 carries, 126 yards, one touchdown, and nine yards of carry, along of 45. He had 144 if you take away the 18 yards and losses. Then Jace Gardner, 13 carries, 43 yards, 3.3 uh, yards of carry, along of 19. Peyton Scott, 9 carries, 25 yards, 1 touchdown, along of 12, 2.8 yards of carry. And then uh, Tucker Pauly, 2 carries for 3 yards. Then in the passing game, as mentioned before, Stephon, 17, 27, 189. One touchdown long of 38. In the receiving game, uh, Marquise King led, led the way four catches, 64 yards, one touchdown, long of 30. Dante McGee, three catches, 17 yards. Diggle Richards, two catches, 44 yards, long of 38. Uh, Sherrod Davis, two catches, 24 yards. James Garner, two catches, 18 yards. Peyton Scott, two catches, 12 yards. Jalen Teague, one catch, 11 yards. Bazel, the fourth, one catch for, ne for negative one yards. Uh, then if we're looking here at all-purpose, Tafon led, led the way, 126. Marquise King, 114. Jace Gardner, 61. And Diego, 44. Uh, defensively... Dylan Buckhart led the team uh, 10 tackles, was followed by uh, Eastern New Mexico transfer Lamontre Huval in his UCLA debut had six tackles. Elijah Wright in his debut, five tackles, one TFL. Uh, Marshall Washington, the Georgia Southern transfer, four tackles. Deion Woods, again, absolute clinic of a game there as far as affecting the, the, the passing game, both from as a pass rusher and simply just affecting the passing lanes with his sheer length. Uh, four tackles, two breakups in a hurry. Uh, Derek Shaw, four tackles. Daniel Bauman, three tackles. Trevon Craig, three tackles. He gets, he gets credit with the half sack there, uh, which is a half TFL. Uh, Kaishan Murray, Three tackles, one TFL. I believe he is from Dell City. I think he is. He was an athlete. Uh, Darius Hawkins, two tackles. Now, I will say Darius did get being covered some. Um, so, uh, hopefully we can get that clean, uh, cleaned up. Then on special teams, again, absolute beast. Dante McGee, two tackles. There was one play on a punt coverage. Dante just laid the man out. I mean, laid the man out. So, uh, again, just, 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 uh, just an absolute player. Uh, then we have Mr. Rayshon Wicks here. One tackle, one forced fumble, one recovery, and one pick. Heck of a game. Heck of a game. John Smith, the fourth. Uh, the uh, Howard transfer, one tackle. Jordan LeVue, 
Uh, one tackle, Zane Adams, one tackle, Jonathan Mosley, one tackle, Joseph Rock, one tackle, Jason Harris, one tackle, Hunter Largent, one tackle, Robert Fuentes, one tackle, but again, a pass rush uh, could not be undertaken. And then Michael Slater, one tackle, half sack, half TFL, and one hurry. So again, overall, uh, extremely pleased by that outcome. And uh, and again, there's just a lot that you can build off here if you are a coach and you see your thinking of coach. Uh, we're, going, we're going to go ahead. If you are listening on the website, if you're on the website here, you will see that we have the full press conference with head coach uh, Nick Bobek and uh, quarterback Stephon Brown uh, on the same page. It is it is it is uh, uh, labeled for you below to listen if you want to listen to the full uh, about, about five minutes with coach and about two minutes with uh, Stephon. Kind of caught off guard. We were able to uh, catch up with Stefan, so uh, I was not really well planned for that one. I'm not gonna say that lie to you, but again, I do appreciate them both taking and taking the time to uh, talk to me about that. So, I'm gonna go ahead here and play our coach's opening statement. Man, it's been a long time since uh, you know since we've played football, you know, and and it's it's kind of surreal to be quite honest with you that. Uh, you know, we started really, really fast. Um, the guys were, were ready to play. They were focused. Um, it kind of unraveled a little bit in the third quarter. We got everything back on track in the fourth quarter a little bit. We didn't end up scoring, but we had opportunities to do so. And, and we had opportunities in the third quarter, too. We just kind of went backwards in some situations. But I was really proud of our guys and the way that they went about their business and how they, uh, how they conducted themselves. Um, very proud of the way that they played. It was fun. So I tend to agree a lot with, with what Coach said there. There was a missed opportunities, uh, especially in that third quarter. There was a deep shot to Marquise King that 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 was that was missed. But uh, but 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 again, you know, uh, we're, we're talking about Stephon here making making his first start. Uh, you know, he didn't see much playing time at TCU behind Max Duggan. Again, a very quality quarterback. Uh, but speaking of Stephon here. Here's what Coach has to say in his first uh, just raw thoughts on Stefan's performance. And we're going to go ahead and play Stefan talking about his uh, own performance and uh, what he needs to do moving forward here to uh, continue to grow and help the team have success moving forward. I think it was it was sporadic. I mean, it, there was some really really high highs, and then there were some little things that you know need to be better um, as far as his execution, and especially in third down situations. You know, you've got to execute in third down situations at the quarterback position, and um, you know early he did. Uh, later on, they kind of changed some stuff on him, and uh, you know it, it, it affected him a little bit. But I thought he played an outstanding game for his first start out. And, you know, it's it's also you know, the thing about him. I mean. Dude's coachable, you know. He does. He does what we ask him to do. Um, he loves to compete. You can see that on a couple of those third down plays where he just competes his tail off and picks it up. Um, so I was really proud of him. You know, his first start out, he's only going to get better. Well, I feel like I did a good job just keeping the sideline up, keeping the offense in it. Uh, even even when we kind of sputtered sometimes, we didn't get in our own head. We just you know just kept playing, stuck to our morals, you know, and just kept working. Uh, we just got to work every day and practice, work even harder. We got to finish. 
Uh, we got to finish drives on third down. We got to be able to get that extra hump. Get that first. Now we turn our attention to this week's matchup, which is Emporia State, Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff in Emporia, Kansas. Emporia State 1-0 on the season. First off, a 38-7 win over our dear rivals, Northeastern State. And it was an hour or so, what a delay, which did not delay the beatdown that was expected. Um... So again, I don't know what you can take away from this. Uh, I mean, we do we do know Northeastern State's shortcomings. So do with these numbers what you will. Um, but you know, it's about the only thing that we have to really go off of, at least me. So I always like to do this, anyways. So like I said, Emporia thirty-eight to seven win in the win. They had twenty-six first downs. Buck 43 on the ground, 39 carries, 3.7 yards of carry. Uh, a whopping 384 yards passing on uh, 527 total yards on 80 plays. Uh, they did, however, have a fumble that they did recover. Then for Northeastern State, as close going to be another long season for them offensively, uh, nine first downs. 56 yards for uh, on 26 attempts at 2.2 yards of carry. Uh, they had 103 passing yards uh, on 16 of 30 with one interception. Finished the day with 159 yards on 56 plays. Now, I did notice, however, that the the, the uh, defense did hold Emporia down for a period. Now, again... Uh, as we know, last year, if you saw, you were at Warren, I'm asking, 2019 for that uh, 82 to 14 beatdown. You were seeing that they, that they, they defense is competent. I mean, they, you know, they, they did force, I think, the interception of Brandon George there before the half. But uh, they, they did get a couple of sacks in this game. They, they, they got two sacks in the game and they forced a fumble. So this gave me hope here. That the improved UCO pass rush here uh, could could it could inflict some more damage, especially again on the ends there. Robert Fuentes, uh, Dion Dion Woods. I also noticed here too that it's going to be a big test for the secondary because they seem to be a pass first team. And uh, Muldrow, Oklahoma native sophomore Braden Gleason is running the running the show. Six foot one eighty six. 28 of 40, 322, three touchdowns along with 65, 70% completion percentage. His top targets uh, Saturday night was junior Cole Schumacher, 6'1, 193, led the way in yards with three catches, 72 yards, one touchdown along with 65, average of 24. Then you have S back, which I'm guessing is their version of an H back. Uh, junior Dalton Cowan, 6'3, 212, five catches, lead the team, 65 yards, your long of 21, 13 yard average. Then you have wide receiver Jalen Varner, 6'1, 179, redshirt freshman here, uh, four catches, 44 yards, two touchdowns, long of 30. Average eleven, so that that that's a pretty good trio there. Um, it, it should be a big test for the secondary. 
which again is going to be another reason why it is imperative to get the pass what's going the secondary, as I as you mentioned earlier, uh, did have some struggles there. And again, I don't know the status of Daniel Gallman. So it's going to be a lot of pressure there on uh, Dylan Buck Heights. And I know towards the end of the game, a uh, man, uh, Derek Locks, and then also I saw played some more back there. I remember running into him after the game saying they had him, he was driving back and covering so hard that he broke his prosthetic. So uh, it's just be interesting to see that you know, if there are any changes, if we make some improvements back there, because again, I really hope so. That was a problem, uh, particularly in the second half, really, uh, against Missouri Western. Then running the ball here, they're led by junior South Dakota transfer Cannon Brooks, six foot, two hundred eleven pounds, led the way, eleven carries, fifty two yards, one touchdown, long at eighteen, uh, the average of four point seven. So again, it seems to me I'm not worried about the run, especially especially looking at the interior of the defensive line, uh, just the rotation. The sheer number of guys in there with size now uh, that, that play in the middle, unfortunately, outside runs. And, and I would like to think here with Brooks, probably a, a between the tackle runner. So uh, if we narrow down the passing, uh, just again, just to continue to get that get that pass rush, uh, force some passes. Deion Woods continues to, to, to use that 6 6 length there, get some more tips here. Uh, and then, especially if Coach Landry decides to send some more glitches, uh, get some more looks in there, then um, you know you should have another su- su- successful outing. Uh, now, defensively here for Emporia, uh, they were led by junior linebacker Dawson Hames, six foot two, twelve, eight tackles, three for, uh, three for loss. And then let's see here. You got senior linebacker Jace McDowell, six foot two twenty four. He had six tackles, one uh, two TFLs. Then you have defensive lineman Jamik Murphy, six two two thirty eight pounds, senior, three tackles, one TFL. Uh, then you have defensive back Cole Byard, six foot one eighty six, senior, two tackles. And you have defensive back Kellen Gordon, uh, Dell City native, six uh, six foot one eighty eight registered junior. He had one tackle. Uh, defensive lineman Jordan Williams, six foot one, uh, six foot one, two sixty five registered sophomore, one tackle. And then you had defensive lineman Marik Thompson, six four two eighty three senior, one tackle. Now it seems to me here the defensive lineman they have. I mean, you're looking here. You got 265, 238, two, uh, 283. Now, I know UCO is bigger on the offensive line. Uh, so maybe, maybe this should be, maybe we should have success running the ball again. Maybe we can get the, the, the uh, running backs going more in the run game outside of just the farm. Because again, uh, Peyton Scott, Jace Gardner, and Tucker Pauley. A good trio of backs. I hope we can get them going more in the in the in the ground game there, because then that would really open open it up if they want to do more more runs for Stefan, uh, or or you know just just and just in general there, uh, take 
less off his off his plate. Uh, the lone sack came from Murphy. He had a, he had a a, a eight yard sack, and McDown had one quarterback hurry. So looking forward to it. Uh, I'll be watching it on the MIAA network. It is a road game. Hopefully, you still here can start the season off uh, two and zero. Uh, this would be another big test for the young team. The first, first, first road game I know in Poria uh, usually has pretty good crowd support. Uh, t- in 2019, they were off a 4-7 season. I think they had some injuries there. So uh, it should be interesting to see here. But uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Now, normally, if you're new here, we normally start the episode by breaking down other UCO athletic sports happenings, but I went ahead and just rolled with it because uh I, I you know I, I couldn't I could not contain my excitement here. I've been wanting to get this I record this semi thought for the longest. So I got put on the back burner this uh, uh, this, this time but uh barring another unforeseen circumstance like we had with the just emergence of new faces that really blew me away. Uh, usually this part comes at the beginning. So for soccer, they won and one on the season. They had a tough 2-1 loss at Dallas Baptist on Thursday, actually during the football game. I think they were up one nothing and then allowed two goals late. But they were able to rebound with a win this past Saturday, one nothing at home over Mid Midwestern State. Uh, they host two games uh, this week, Thursday against Oklahoma Christian and OBU on Saturday, both at 7 p.m. at Tom Thompson Field. So go out there and support UCL stock team. Again, a very good program. And uh, I, should, I suspect that they will again have a very successful season. Volleyball off to a great start under head coach Edgar Miracu. They swept all their games in the Southeastern Oklahoma Classic this, this past weekend. On Friday, had a 3-0 win over New Mexico Highlands and a 3-2 win over host Southeastern Oklahoma. And then Saturday, they had a 3-1 win over uh, UT Tyler. Uh, they, are, they are at East Central on Wednesday at 6.30, which is the start of a very busy week for them because they host the Bronco Invitational Friday through Saturday. Friday, they're in action twice, uh, 10 a.m. against Western Colorado and 5 p.m. against Western New Mexico. And then Saturday, East Central at 10.30 a.m. And then Oklahoma Christian at 6 p.m. So there's a quick turnaround there, especially with East Central. I was talking about a couple of days after playing them the first time. So, uh, you know, it really should be interesting to see there if East Central uh, makes some adjustments if, if you still can win both those. So, I want some Coach Edgar Murakou there. A, a uh, Hopefully they can sweep the host tournament and move to, uh that be what, 6-0 on the season, something like that. So, uh, good to see them off to a good start. And then finally, cross-country plays sixth at the OBU Invitational. Uh, they compete next at the Missouri Southern Stampede on Saturday the 18th. So, uh, so again, again overall, uh, extremely encouraged by what we saw out there Thursday. Uh, it was good to be back. 
Uh, it, it, it was just, it was, it was great. Just, just be back in the press box, just seeing, seeing, seeing old faces, uh, taking it in. Uh, and, and it was, it was even, even better that the game went, went better than I expected, just because of the sheer, like I said before, just the, the sheer amount of newness and, and the fact that it came together and just had a, a dominant first half that really, to me. Uh, inspires hope. Again, it's just one game, and you know, you take a season one game at a time. You don't want to get too high, but you know, it's just promising to me that what we saw out, out there, especially for the future, is important to all, all the seniors on this team. So, to me, the future is bright, and I'm really looking forward here to, to watching this team grow throughout the course of the season and we will see uh how this team handles their first road trip i, I would suspect emporia have a nice crowd out there so uh you know it, it it really would be good to see how how they have to handle uh road game maybe some hostile crowds here but uh if, if we can get off to the similar start we did thursday with the with the opening touchdown with the three and now opening drive touchdown and turnover another you uh, know score uh you know you get a couple of more scores there i guess the farm going like like i like i like I, I mentioned before we need the run game going with the running backs there that should really open up the pass game uh because there's so many weapons in the in the, in the, in the pass game you got marquise diego uh Gerard Davis, Dawson Huddleston, Bizella Fourth, uh, Dante McGee, Carson Ladd played some. So again, there's just there's just a lot of options there. If we can get the run game going outside of Stefan, that would open that would open it up uh, even more for for Stefan. And, and and so again, I just second half offensively, hopefully we get that going. Uh, at least get some points on the on uh, on on the board and don't put as much pressure on the defense. But it is good to know that the defense was called upon uh, to come up big because there has been a question mark in the in the in the uh, past. I think the last time they did that, in the Washburn game. Really? Well, honestly, the Washburn game, probably the current game when uh, manager Cody Hunt. Uh, sprinted, <laughs> sprinted into the corner of the end zone uh, to block that pass there on fourth down. Really saved save the save the day there. So, uh, again, it should be a good one. 7 p.m. kickoff in Emporia, Kansas. Like I said, it should be on the NYWA network. And uh, looking forward to watching that there and coming back on here next week. Hopefully, recapping another UCL win. But until then. My name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.